Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! All right, we just saw uh, Solo, and on the count of three, we'll give our one to ten rating. One, one two, two, three, three five. Eight point five. Oh, Jill, so high. So high. <laughs> I predicted that would happen. I predicted it. So going into this, uh, I had low expectations, and Jill had avoided seeing all trailers, so she was kind of clean slate. Uh, I just, you know, ever since hearing the plan to do a prequel about Han Solo, I was skeptical. They hired Lord and Miller to direct, and I said, oh, that's interesting. I, that's a very interesting choice. Remind me, who, what else? Lord and Miller, uh, they directed the Lego movie, uh, 21 oh. Jump Street, oh, yeah. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And, uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> there were some behind-the-scenes drama, and Lord and Miller were let go after majority oh, right, of the right, right, right. filming had been finished and Ron Howard came over and finished the job or, or slash reshot most of the movie from from and what rumors remind see. me about Ron Howard Ron Howard is just a, a director that I do not like at all he did um, I, mean, I guess the most notable one he, he directed a beautiful mind yeah <laughs> um, they're just very boring like nothing to say movies and so that's that's kind of <laughs> I was that was my expectation going into this and that's still how I feel about this movie after seeing it. It's just this movie had nothing to say. It was um very safe and so I would say that the the strength of it was that it it held a very consistent tone. So I'll give it that that despite whatever complications it's had with the drama behind the scenes, that Ron Howard pulled together something that felt like pretty cohesive. On a scale from 1 to 10, how much less do you love me right now? On a scale from 1 to 10? Uh-huh. Like 2. I thought so. Yeah. Tell me tell me your things. So I just... <laughs> I just enjoyed it. I just thought it was a really fun ride. Uh-huh. I... They didn't do any prosthetics or anything with that guy, right? Which Han guy? Solo's mini-me. Oh, no. no. I thought they cast really well for that. Uh-huh. I was a little nervous about that, that it would just feel awkward and I thought they just got a guy who fit his look really nicely and I think that that actor um, took on his you know iconic traits without being too obnoxious with it uh-huh. I, I was wondering if I'd be a little squirmy about that just like okay we get it he's yeah. on solo like he's not caricaturing him he right. is him and I felt like they yeah. succeeded in that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed some of the heisty scenes I, or I just enjoyed like I liked um, <laughs> I liked the when they're uh, like, trying to get the cargo train the mm-hmm. kind of the first major heist that they're doing I liked that one I just enjoy the like motion of it and everything although when I watched it I was like uh, I think they mainly did this because they were like everybody in this movie you have to do something that can easily be translated into a roller coaster for Disney <laughs> and that was that's, that's it uh, but <laughs> I still enjoyed that a lot I thought that was just 
just a fun one. I just uh-huh. you, sometimes those moments can get a bit boring if they're not creative at all. And I thought that was a creative one. Um, I thought I laughed a lot, so I thought the funny moments were funny. Uh, oh, I had more things to say, but I think now I'm self-conscious because you hate. Oh, it don't so be much. self-conscious. I'm meaning, I'm just I can't think of them. Oh. <laughs> I was. I think that this movie had the worst problem with too much fan service of all the new. I, Disney, d- I could definitely see that Disney crop. Just felt like every scene they had to slip in some, either some homage to a, a line from the original trilogy, or it's kind of like doing a grab bag of like names that they could reference, just to make it feel Star Warsy. So, I think uh, in terms of like creating something new that still feels like Star Wars whatever that means so many mm-hmm. people have different ways of uh, defining that but uh, I would say that The Last Jedi um, is far and above the best Disney Star Wars for forging its own Star Wars frontier without you know feeling like well we, ha- we have to make sure this is still Star Wars so we'll throw in lots of references to old stuff um, The Last Jedi was amazing at that and this this movie just felt like a step backwards uh, as opposed to taking the the lead from the Last Jedi. Yeah, I, I definitely I knew that you were nervous about that going into it, but I also knew that those wouldn't bother me so much because I'd miss so many of them. Uh-huh. So I think I benefit from yeah. not catching all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for me, it just felt like a few, though. I there were some that felt heavy-handed. Like yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. get it. Um, I en- I really enjoyed he and che- I enjoyed. I think the most thing I enjoyed is he and Chewie meeting oh I didn't like that at all and developing a friendship I thought that was like he went from wanting to eat Han Solo because he's starving yeah and then five minutes later they're like okay this is the same rapport we'll have for the rest of the movie they have to be I think the theme of this movie is about what how can you be a good guy when you have to be so desperate to survive that is the theme uh-huh. And in this lawless world, and I'm not saying that this is a brilliant theme, but I think it was consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, her, uh, Kira saying, like, you're a good guy. That's who you are. Like, uh-huh. even if you don't want to be, even though you're in this world, I think she kind of loves him for that reason. Is that if he wants it or not, he's a good guy. He can't, mm-hmm. he can't resist that. And I think you, like, slowly see that happening and with you know we go into it i guess what i liked about that is we go into it already thinking these guys are good guys uh-huh. um and yet we have to see how they get there because they aren't they weren't just born good guys they they had to get, because of the their surroundings and you know how much it's a each man for himself type of a world and so you kind of see for the very first uh, amidst all of these distrusting relationships he and Chewie are the only ones who have managed to create a trusting relationship in the whole movie. And I think that's really neat. And I liked that. I do think it evolved because I think he basically convinced this starving person, or Wookiee, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't eat me. I have a longer solution of let's just get out, let's work together, let's get out of here. And then, you know, mm-hmm. there's a bigger chance of you not having to eat whatever they throw down here. And so I buy that. Mm-hmm. So they work together to get out. He lets Chewie go and save his Wookiee friends. 
mm-hmm. or like understands that and helps him out, you know. Uh-huh. And I think that's when Chewie. I think that's when it's like we're done. We're best friends forever. That to me was an uplifting theme because I think we tend to be in a culture where we're taught, even in America, you don't trust people, you don't trust strangers, you don't trust anyone. You take care of you and your family, and that's it. And I think it's really difficult to make the choice to trust somebody and have a friend. I just felt like that was far too neatly tied up um, in terms of like, okay, so now we're 30 minutes in. You get it. Han and Chewie now are met. Let's move on with the plot. And I wanted I wanted that to continue to be a challenge for them throughout as opposed to just mm-hmm. like, no, we're good, we're good. It's just these other pesky villains that are the problem. I can I agree with you that I think it could have been done better, but I think they like, succeeded on some conflict level. into that relationship. I think that that would have been more meaningful in terms of like whether we can trust each other or not to sh- to show that trust um, put to the test at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And instead, we're just teased that maybe Kira isn't all that she um, says she is, and we don't even get to see the satisfying reveal that she did betray him on his face. Like. So, at the end of this movie, if there's going to be no more Han Solo movies, which maybe there will be, that kind of will continue to be prequels to Han Solo and A New Hope, then we have this pretty optimistic guy, then somehow in A New Hope, he's this very jaded guy. (laughs) And so, I wanted to see him, by the end of this movie, have a reason for continuing to be selfish, which I felt like he was like a Luke Skywalker this whole movie, up through the end. Another thing that thought was really weird was having Darth Maul have a cameo in this. He's the mm-hmm. horned mm-hmm. head. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of Phantom Menace, he's supposed to die. And then I think the fans are like, oh, he was the best part. Why, why did he have to be the one who dies? And then so the Clone Wars cartoon resurrected him in the form of a, like, spider legs man. But it just felt like a cheap kind of like, oh, remember this guy was awesome from the prequels? You know, like, as if that has some meaning but it was just like a kind of cheap cameo so there was just all that stuff kind of like cumulatively all the fan service reference cameo stuff just really (laughs) was annoying to me Mm -hmm. another thing I thought was strange was the color palette it's very muted for a again kind of bright optimistic story it's almost had like a like 70s film but yeah, I don't get it. it. Like, yeah. that's not the right. So for the for the emotional tone you're going for, that is the wrong color tone. Uh, okay. I liked that. <laughs> um, I well, I don't know if I like this or not. I just appreciate. I just observed uh-huh. the very like World War One esqueness of the battles in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what I felt about that, but I don't think I hated it. There's something interesting about that. Mm-hmm. He's a very Scapan character. I was realizing that. Hunter Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's true. David and I, I just directed a play called Scapan that has like a mischief maker named Scapan, and we were trying to think of to help audiences understand what it was, who and. Yeah, we didn't even think about Hunter Lewis. Corollary. I mean, especially in this movie, but I think he carries on to be that in all of the Star Wars movies. Uh huh. He's always trying to talk his way out of things, but it doesn't always work. I didn't. I don't know how I feel about Lando's relationship with his android. Uh-huh. There was something that didn't quite work for me when she was dying. Just that we were supposed to care. 
Yeah, I think it was one of those moments that I wanted to, but there was something so strange about holding <laughs> such a big head. Uh-huh. You know, and, and him being very, trying to be very, like, tender with the metal, and uh-huh. that I think is a challenge. So I'm not, I'm not really being like, I hated it, but I think that's a real challenge, and I don't think it quite worked. I don't really think about that scene as much. I, I enjoyed the performance. I think it's Phoebe something Waller. Oh, that was um, great. She, she was, was great. She was great. And I, I honestly enjoyed the idea that a droid that had a personal connection to Lando kind of inhabits the Millennium Falcon. And so when you hear Han saying things like, come on, baby, hold together. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes on a new meaning. Yeah, I, that's fine. I enjoyed that. If you're going to do prequel treatments on the movies, I want you to make me think about something I already cared about in a different way, as opposed to just reminding me. Do you remember that you like this? Do you remember that you like this? I'm trying to think about other things that the movie did in that similar vein that I appreciated. Oh, when uh, Han kills Beckett. I'm con- I was confused by that. It didn't look like he did it. Oh, yeah. I think at first we're not sure where the bullet came from, but then we realized Han did it. How? Just, like, quickly. Um, oh, it's, see, to me, a red is coming from behind him. Sure. I think we're supposed to at first not be sure what happened. So, like, did Chewie just do it? <laughs> did you never really understand it? No, or? never. Oh, yeah, it was Han that did it. And, and Beckett said, like, good job. Like, I right. Like, you. as he was, I was kind of expecting Han to be like, no, yeah. that wasn't me. And then yeah. he didn't. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask that so, question in the podcast. Badly directed. Yeah, but badly. <laughs> from a screenplay standpoint, uh-huh. I appreciate that because this is where we get into George Lucas and his ongoing relationship with Star Wars from 1977 through 97 when he released the special edition of star wars um george lucas made the decision to instead of uh han solo shooting greedo first in the cantina kind of showing his somewhat ruthless Mm -hmm. personality in 97 when lucas was like i'm gonna spruce up these three movies a bit he also made the decision to completely change a facet of Han Solo's personality, which is that he might, in a Old West-style showdown, he might be the one who kind of wrongfully shoots, as opposed to um, firing after Greedo shoots. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans, including myself, think that that's kind of your, um, your kind of neutering Han Solo's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what this movie did is it almost, like, re-reversed that. You know, so originally Han Solo was like, was like that, kind of like, I'll, I'll shoot first if Odds are it's going to benefit me. I'll I'll, I'll be the mm-hmm. one who immorally mm-hmm. fires first. I, these are like Western rules. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. this is a lot of a lot of layers <laughs> going on. Western rules are if uh, if you fire unprompted at someone, you're a murderer. <laughs> um, if you fire after someone shot at you, then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is just I'm trying to lay out all the, all the ground rules. But and so at the end of Solo, that Han breaks those rules and just is like I bet you might have fired at me if I gave you the chance so I'm just not going to give you the chance and I'm going yeah, to shoot you right now yeah I agree I don't feel like he's just this great guy the whole time I don't I think he does good things but a lot of them are somewhat self-serving because it's for love mm-hmm. um, it's not like he's doing it for the love of humanity I mean I think that's his whole character even in the later Star Wars is that he is 
he can't resist it. Like he has a good guy bone in him and he and he often tries to ignore that, but he you know, everybody else has to point it out and say like, "Nope, hun. Mm. You're a good guy." And he's like, "Ah, darn it. Yeah, I guess I am." So, I think they were relatively successful with that, and I think there was a fun um foil with his with Han and Woody Harrelson's character, kind of this like these are the two versions of what Han could be. Like the one where he's with his wife and they're happily going through the galaxy doing heists until they have enough so that they can just live independently and be mm-hmm. happy together, which we can all see in this world of, you know, trying to pay people off for debts. That's a almost like a pipe dream. But so there's that. So that if he had successfully gotten through the border crossing with Kira, they would be them married, doing this together. But he loses his wife, who, by the way, I love. Um, I thought she did a great job. I enjoyed mm-hmm. her character so, so much. Um, so, But anyway, back to my point. When she dies, that's kind of the other traje- trajectory of Han Solo that mm-hmm. goes in this without love, without the even possibility of it. This is who he would be, mm-hmm. is, is this guy. And so I think there's something that keeps him going down between those two fates because she still is out there. She still is, even if she's going to do all these horrible things, there's still something in him that so I don't know. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. They clearly were comparing the two of them together. Yeah. Um. And so I, yeah, I liked that. Uh huh. And I do have to say, w- with all other Star Wars, other than prequels, um, I was very eager to see it again, mm-hmm. and even in the near future. And this one, even though I enjoyed it, I, it's it's kind of like a ride at an amusement park that you're like, meh, I don't need to do that one again, but it was fun. Yeah. Should we reevaluate? I'm going to go down. I'll go down to a seven. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go up a little bit. You don't have to do it. I'm going to go up to a 5.5. Why? Because, I don't know, you you mentioning the themes was a reminder that that they were trying to say something about the movie. Uh Uh-huh, that it wasn't just adventure for adventure's sake, yeah. But I, yeah... I, I don't want to go up any more than that because I I think that they botched the execution of those themes. One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. One more positive thing. I really enjoyed the opening. You know, they just have, like, the text on the whatever. That's fine. Just uh-huh. to give us a sense of time and place. And then it goes... The screen is black behind it, and it's black. And then um, you just hear Han, like, panic breathing. And then you just see the sparks of him trying to get oh, something yeah. started. I like that. I thought that was a wonderful uh-huh. beginning. Yeah. And I think, again, there are so many movies out there. How do you come up with a new beginning? And mm-hmm. this one, I thought, was wonderful. Yeah. So they definitely should get credit for that. Mm-hmm. They, I, whoever I found they that, are. I found that funny. Uh, with Rogue One, they decided, okay, these standalone movies will not have an opening crawl. That is that is what we're going to do. And so the Han Solo movie was just like, okay, but we really don't want to put that exposition to dialogue. So yeah. can we please like, kind of get like, okay, it won't, okay, it won't crawl. It'll just be blue text. Yeah. It looks like the I know. long time ago. But I do in a appreciate the exposition. Oh, sure. I just and think not it was, having to hear it in stupid dialogue. If, if the solo movie came out first, it would have just been a crawl. Right, know? right, right, right. <laughs> it's a, they're kind of stuck with this choice that was made. Yeah. I'm starving. Yeah, we got to eat some food. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.